Without Mystique, a podcast where we process politics, sex, and the unrelenting firehose of bullshit in the news through an unapologetically feminist lens. Each week, we begin by venting about the news, go deep on one important issue, call out terrible things happening below the top headlines in a segment called We See You, and then we'll do our best to end with something hopeful. Um, a reminder, as always, if you're, uh, if you're a fan, if... Uh, you think friends, family, colleagues, baristas that you know may be interested, recommend them. Um, we're FWM Podcast on Twitter, Feminist Without Mystique on Instagram. You can throw some money at us at Kofi, K-O-F-I, um, to support our softwares, our hardwares, our medium wares, all of the wares. Um, so thank, thank you, loyal listeners, for tuning in once again. Thank you. Um, I do wonder who these people are. Yeah, I know. If you want to let us know, you yeah, know. Yeah, who are you? We like I, you. Yeah. Unless they're hate listening. Yeah. <laughs> you can tell us that too. It's, yeah. uh, you know, I mean, it'll hurt my feelings, but. Sure. Most a download is a download. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> you're we, listening, you you're know, listening. We have, we have pretty good numbers. Like it's, it's a cool, it's really cool to know that there's a, a loyal base of people in the hundreds that download you know every every episode um and it's it's more than I think there was uh, there's a lot of statistics on like you know 50 percent of podcasts have like less than 10 downloads or something like because that you know people put them out and forget about yeah. them or it's a, it's a saturated uh <laughs> market it's pretty saturated but it's so you know we're it's really nice that people want to spend the time with us uh yeah. every week uh so Thanks. Thanks, yeah, listeners. Feel, yeah, thank you. Feel free to drop us a line. Yeah, yeah. I We would love that. We're just, we're feministwithoutmystique at gmail.com, as you've said. So, yeah. uh, you know, you know where Inbox to find us. Inbox open. All righty. <laughs> All <laughs> um, Before we, like, dig into our, you know, just the whole thing, you and I were talking about <laughs> Banshees of Inisharan. <laughs> Yes, I had seen that on, I'm assuming Instagram, because that's the only, yeah, yeah. Um, I mean, obviously on Twitter, but I see you on Instagram more often, yeah, um, because that's where I'm lurking. I saw that you were not a fan of this, (laughs) of this film, Um, and I too had, I had mixed, mixed fifis about it, Um, it had a lot of, at least from my perception, it had a lot of, like, critical acclaim, I mean, obviously it was Oscar nominated, um, and so, you know, it was a little movie night and it was available to stream and we're like, all right, let's, let's check it out. And I, I have a longstanding affection for Colin Farrell, not to mm-hmm. be like the most base fish, but no, like, he's great. He's I, great. I just, and he did like a funny interview recently where, cause he had that sex tape that came out when all the sex tapes were coming out, but he, he like just like went down on her and he had some like corny line about like eating her for breakfast, lunch, and dinner. Wow. I and, don't like, remember that. I, it's the only celebrity sex tape I watched. It was years ago. I only did it once, but I totally I did, did this miss me. I watched it. Um, anyway, it was, didn't mean to disclose that, but I guess I did. Um, anyway, it came up in an interview he was doing. I feel like it was on like, the Andy Cohen watch what happens live or something of that nature. Mm-hmm. Um, and they brought up his, his line in the, uh, in the porn and, or not the, I mean, I guess it is a porn, <laughs> yes. you know, like did he release it or did she, or like, how did that happen? I don't, I don't remember the details. Mm. Um, 
I can't remember some of the details. But <laughs> I couldn't possibly remember the details. Um, but he had like a fun, like kind of a self-deprecating thing. He's like, that's the thing when it's like your own sex tape, you can't like be mad at the writers for bad, <laughs> for bad lines. Yeah. Know? Yep. Um, but anyway, no, he's just, he's one of those like uh, actors that I'm just sort of like have some feelings about. Um Maybe because I imprinted on him when I watched that sex tape as, I think, a teenager. <laughs> um, but that's not what we're here to talk about. That's, we're here to uh, talk about the film, which his, is very... <laughs> his ex- yeah, his, he was great. He was great. I feel like all of the performances were good. Yeah. Um, yeah, they were... Yeah, I mean, they really were. All the performances were good. It was, like, beautiful and melancholy. And mm-hmm. I think, like, partially... I was taking on the mood of like Campbell because he um, doesn't like a lot of these movies because they're super, they're just, it was like relentlessly depressing. And I think that Mm -hmm. sometimes I'm okay kind of weathering that. And other times I'm feeling like, uh, this is pretty rough. Like what am I putting myself through and why? And that's kind of where I, you know, spoilers ahead. But like when um, Jenny, the donkey, like, died from choking on his former friend's fingers that he was cutting off to spite him. I know. (laughs) Huge spoilers. I should put an extra spoiler because that's like majorly. Um, That's like spoils the whole fucking, the whole kit and caboodle. (laughs) But but that was just like, I know that it is totally futile to be like, why did that why did he do it that way like it's just it it caused my heart so much suffering Mm -hmm. um and just all the cruelty of like the friend like I already knew it was going to be sad because it's a friend deciding out of nowhere that they don't want to be friends with you know their best friend of like decades on a dessert basically a deserted island I mean so you're really going to be super lonely and isolated oh god it just made me made my heart hurt so much and like it was really sad kind of just was sticking with me like the like when you're so cold it takes a while to like shake off that cold that's kind of how I felt about that movie yeah which might mean it's a good movie I mean it depends on the metrics by which you measure films right you know I guess it was impactful um and yeah I mean yeah like you said the premise is basically one dude is like I don't want to be your friend anymore I don't really like you and I think you're boring and the other one is like you're my best friend what you know and then there's just like escalation upon escalation of trying to like one party trying to resolve it and the other being like fucking stop yeah like I can't do this anymore um and yeah it's just it's kind of heartbreaking through and through um which sometimes I'm into Mm -hmm. um and I think the the goal was to tell like I mean I don't know what the goal was but I, I do feel like it was well performed and there were some human experiences confronted in certain ways that I like, I, you know what? I guess when I talked through it, I'm like, I guess I did like it. And I did think it was a good movie, Mm -hmm. but it was also just like, I felt like I needed like a fucking Zoloft smoothie after it because it was just like (laughs) relentlessly depressing, which again, sometimes I like, like to lean into. Yeah. Um, I find it like comforting in a weird way but then sometimes I'm like I can't do this right now um, yeah but I can't yeah did I like I don't know did I did I like it uh, I don't know but I do I think it was a yeah. good 
movie by many standards. It was just sort of, I thought, like you said, it was um, said to be a dark comedy and I was not, there were funny moments, but I was not like, it's just a comedy. If anything, it's like a dramatic film with like some comedic moments. Yeah. Yeah. Before we were recording, like just the, I think it's irresponsible a little bit to call it like a dark satire or like dark comedy comedy drama or something like uh not a and it wasn't like dramedy but I think that sometimes and maybe it's just because the person that I watch movies with now a lot like is just hyper hyper sensitive Mm -hmm. to there being like a spiral like a depression spiral in a movie um or like a, a spiral that causes you one to feel like oh my god this is just going worse and worse and worse and we're just we're going downward 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 in this movie Mm -hmm. um and so I've been more sensitive to it when we're picking movies to watch together and this one I I felt bad because I was just and he wanted to watch it too based on the trailer that we both watched and it was on both of our lists separately so but I felt like oh I should have done a little more research just because I know that it was so um it was just so sad that that can really just kind of impact a person um, like in the longer, longer term. And yeah. Um, so, yeah, it was, you know, I don't know. There's, of course, no, no. <laughs> he said, I loved that film. <laughs> said, I the dog was like, okay. <laughs> the dog was okay. That was the moment where Campbell had to leave because they, they, oh, they make you think Campbell. for a second. Like they make you think for a second, he might kill the dog. Like they do sort of make you uncomfortable enough with the situation that maybe he's gone over the edge too. And like, is going to cause, you know, hurt people, hurt people. And, Mm -hmm. um, anyway, uh, but yeah, I, I did, there was this other movie that I just watched last night. So it's fresh in my mind. Have you seen after sun? I have not. I have, I am okay. very behind on the oh, film don't watching. Don't worry. I I kind of am too. I'm basically catching up on stuff now, and um, that one is has sort of a sadness. <laughs> like the whole thing is kind of sad, um, <laughs> but like I liked it a lot more, and I wouldn't probably watch it again, mm-hmm. but. I'll just wait and whenever you have a chance and if you want to, if you want to, no pressure. Um, it has Paul Mescal and he's like, a, I saw um, someone put a picture of Paul Mescal running, like shirtless running next to um, Colin Farrell shirtless running. And they were like the only Oscar race I'm interested in. <laughs> um, but <laughs> both of those guys were really great in their roles and uh, like just kind of a strong. Um, yeah, they're both, they're both strong movies. They just, you know. Yeah, it depends on what you, like, we don't always yeah. want. We can recognize something as, like, good in certain ways, but still be like, I don't personally want to engage in this. Yeah. Um. Thank yeah. you, no thank you. And then you mentioned last week, um, Everything Everywhere All at Once and, like, yay. Yeah. Um, so. Yeah, that's, oh, that's so good. Yeah. I'm so glad that that, yeah. oh, yes, I had all to... the awards. <laughs> I, I was looking, I was like, I, because Steph Shue, like, Stephanie Shue and I, grew up together and we have a mutual friend who like we were both really close to and like we went on a trip in eighth grade the three of us to Boston to look at colleges and I went to my like yeah to my Facebook to my old like photos to take a look and I was just like I literally 
this is more about like being an embarrassing eighth grader than anything else. But like, I literally, or no, we didn't go to eighth grade. We went in junior year of high school. We were going on like college years. Oh yeah. Um, which is much worse. But I literally like posted like the picture. Cause you remember back then, like on Facebook, you post like albums of like every, every yeah. moment of yeah. when you're doing something. Mm-hmm. I changed the captions on all the photos because it was like pictures of me and Steph and being like, I jacked her V card that night. Uh, I was like, this is on the internet. Oh my god! And then I went god. back. I didn't. We never. Nothing right. happened. Right, I feel right, like, right. I guess I need to. You to just clarify. thought that was. <laughs> I thought it was funny. Ha ha. ha. <laughs> and then I went back through like all my albums that are on Facebook and I'm like private, 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 private. Yeah. Like, anything I posted before, like I don't know, a few years ago, I'm like, this is gonna be private now because I am not to be trusted. Um, <laughs> I'm sure we both. Youth. I was hor- I was like, oh. Like I remember that trip that was so fun. I'll like take a look at the pictures. I was like, oh my god, how dare I? What the fuck? Like, I'm gonna oh put this gosh. on the internet. Um, wow. Reminder that you know the internet gotta be careful what you put out there. Yeah, yeah. I I shudder to think of like what kind of just like what relics from kind of the early Facebook and. It really, I'm pretty sure it was just, really, it was probably just Facebook, like, pre, pre-Instagram, and, like, I don't know, what was, what were we doing, really? I mean, probably, nothing smart, nothing. Our brains were working hard on developing. They were not yeah. anywhere near the finish line, and <laughs> we thought we knew things, and we, we thought a lot of things, and, yeah, uh, yeah, but, uh, oh wish, 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 wish the best. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, she was so good in that movie. Um, uh, all right. I'm probably procrastinating now because like, yeah, we are. What, what do I, yeah, we definitely don't really want to talk about, but feel like, I mean, you can't not talk about, or at least bring up the horrific murder of Tyree Nichols. Um, the video footage was, were released was released last Friday, literally at like Friday at like 4.30 or 5 p.m. So like just heading into the weekend. Um, And I did watch some of it because here's why. It wasn't a judgmental ooh. That was just like, wow. Yeah. I I watched because I had been staying away from it for a while and I was just kind of like, this is so awful. But then – I kind of just felt like I I need to see this. I feel like I also need to see um I, it's a slightly different converse. It's this it should be the same conversation which is that the police um there's a issue with violent policing like at mm-hmm. a very basic basic level. But because it was at the hands of five black police officers, it feels like the conversation is slightly different. <laughs> I I my dog is in the background poking his little head. So it's hard. It's hard. I have to cut So this. cute. Uh. <laughs> He's on the couch, yeah. Yeah, he needs to still play. He'll stay over there. Um, okay, back to this very serious. Because, yeah. like, I, because it's five black police officers, um, there's been a very weird like silence from or the the conversation is different in that a lot of conservatives are like well it's obviously not a race problem and then there's a so (sighs) stupid yeah 
it's really dumb for a lot of reasons and a lot of activists have rightly pointed out kind of all the reasons like talking about how policing is like has a lot of is rooted in like kind of white supremacist mm-hmm. kind of background and it's not just and that black police can be also participating in a racist institution and in mm-hmm. some cases worse um like more violent and um with their community because they want the power that comes along with being included in this institution. Um, there's a lot of reading that people can, you know, I, I just like, I don't know, like look up the, the, the leaders that are talking about this, Brittany Packnett Cunningham and Duray McKesson. And like, I mean, there's so many smart people talking about this way better than I can summarize here, but also there's, uh, this has played out over the last, like, I mean, probably 40 or 50 years of cinema, even like there's the movie that now I'm getting what the movie's called with Cuba Gooding Jr. And he's, he has his life threatened by a black cop. Um, there's the black cop in the wire who is like really racist, um, towards people in Baltimore. Um, toward, like it, it, it's, it's just like, I don't know, this is not, this isn't a new piece of information. So it's, it's a little bit, um, so from that perspective, I was just sort of like, I want to be able to kind of know what I'm talking about, what mm-hmm. kind of, I couldn't watch the whole thing because he calls out for his mother and it's like, just the fucking, you're literally watching Ugh. something, someone getting murdered brutally. Yeah, trying to run to his mother's house, which is like yards away, I guess. It, it was completely, completely awful. Um, but I feel like the only people that really, like, I think that, first of all, no one should watch it if they don't want to. Mm-hmm. The population of people that I think it might be, it might help or be illuminating for would be people who feel like they have cooled on um, the defund the police movement or, like, um, are forgetting what that actually stands for which is like really a call of desperation like in terms of it doesn't mean it uh, some p for some people and we've talked about this before for some people it does literally mean defund the police Mm -hmm. for the majority of people who have that slogan what i think they're talking like this is the root of that defund movement is saying like what happened on that corner in memphis was appalling an appalling abuse of power Mm-hmm. at the hands of the police that has that happens all too frequently and it's unacceptable whenever it happens just because this one happened to get captured mm-hmm. doesn't doesn't mean it doesn't happen all too frequently um and specifically to certain populations more than others so we i think if you're sort of thinking that defund the police movement like if you if you misunderstand it if you need to be reminded, if you're like a white moderate or a white conservative leaning person, maybe getting viscerally sick to your stomach by seeing this video is something that might kick you a little bit in the butt and remind you that this is actually um, that the, the institution of policing, while it is it serves a societal purpose. I, I do believe that. And especially, I mean, frankly, in Seattle right now, I've had a lot of complicated feelings because feeling like when you can't turn to anyone for safety, it's like, wait a second, <laughs> I want, I want to feel safe. People want to feel safe. So 
the concept of th- thinking that, oh, it, defund means take it fully away. I understand why that is like off-putting to people, but push through the discomfort because that's first of all, not often what it, it doesn't literally mean that, or that's like not what a lot of people are pushing for. It's like a reallocation, but also mm-hmm. remember like this is, it. we shouldn't need this reminder, but this is like, this is what's going on and it's, it's totally yeah. unacceptable. Yeah. I mean like the, the, the police system that we have right now is built upon white supremacy. And it, like you said, it like it's a reallocation of resources and like a rethinking of what that, of what policing looks like in the United States. It's not the idea that there should, no one should be, there should be no police officers anywhere ever under any circumstances. It's like a reimagining of what that looks like. Um, where the resources are going and think like cop like cops tend to be reactionary to in the best situation to actual crimes that have happened mm-hmm. but like if you actually want to get into prevent because that's I feel, I feel like a lot of white people get people get up in arms about like I don't want there to be crime which mm-hmm. is understandable because typically there are victims to crimes Mm-hmm. Um, and typically crimes cause harm to people. Um, I mean, there's also the people that broke into Paris Hilton's home like a thousand times and stole all her like money and shit. And she was like, what? <laughs> I didn't even notice it was gone. But typically crimes are not victimless. So I understand that people are afraid of, you know, research of crime happening. Um, but the preventative measures in terms of like, reducing crime um are investing in healthcare, investing in education um giving people the opportunity to build good lives it's very rare that somebody just like decides one day like you know it'd be really cool crime mm-hmm. you know and you also look at the ways like people are disproportionately impacted um for the same offense like the, the whole system is fucked um and just because the the five officers on the video um, were black doesn't mean that the police system isn't inherently racist. It's like, do you know any women who hold misogynistic views? Mm-hmm. <laughs> Question mark. Mm-hmm. Um, and there's like linguistical, I feel like, arguments about like, what can a woman really be sexist? Can a black person really be racist? Um, but you can certainly internalize certain ideas. And if you're in... an institution that is structurally racist um and this is the only way for you know it's it's certainly a complicated issue um and there was also that white officer who wasn't what did he say um yeah he wasn't actually part of the assault um in terms of the actual like beating um but Preston Hemphill, he had fired his taser at Mr. Nichols um, as he was running away and, and also said, while the body camera was on, I hope they stomp his ass. Mm-hmm. Um, also, like, the EMTs did not, uh, were fired um, because they failed to conduct adequate patient assessments. Um, and he went, like, seven minutes without any care after they had arrived which is like really egregious and we i mean we don't know what the if the officers maybe told them 
something different had happened and mm-hmm. they shouldn't, but either way, like they need to be doing, you know, the, the full assessment and things like that. So a lot of different, there are a lot of failures here. Yep. Um, and you know, <laughs> Tyree was just like, they said that he was driving recklessly. There's no evidence of that. Right. Um, and even if he was driving recklessly, that's not reason to like brutally murder somebody. Um, and they had, they like approached his car. Again, this is all stuff that I've read because I haven't watched, I'm not going to watch it mm-hmm. likely. Um, I haven't watched any of. There's no need to. I mean, it's, you're yeah, not in the grouping of people that I feel c- might benefit from. I know it's, I know it's awful and well, yeah. Right. Right. Um, But they approached him with the the guns drawn, threatened him, cursed at him, pulled him out, pushed him to the ground. Um, He was, Tyree was following their orders as well as he could. Sometimes they gave kind of contradictory orders. Mm -hmm. Um, He was, yes, sir. He was, you know. They were threatening to break his hands, threatening to tase him. Um, and then, yeah, as you mentioned, he was running toward his mom's house and calling out to her, which is just, like, devastating. And there's this um, – he had a young son. He um, he had been working at, like, a, a FedEx for, I think, eight or nine months and was, like, really well-loved by all his colleagues. Just describe – I mean, it doesn't – no matter what kind of person you are, you don't deserve this. But by all accounts, this was like a really wonderful human being. And there is this video being shared about he loved skateboarding. Um, there's this video being shared about like that shows him doing what he loves and skateboarding. And um, which I would also, especially if you've watched the other video, I would encourage you to watch just So it's like you have this, this vision of this person as well. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's just, I mean, as a white person, you know, mm-hmm. it's like, I don't want to center my own like sadness and grief around these occurrences. Mm-hmm. Um, but every time this happens, and I mean, we don't see every time this happens. We only started seeing it at all, mm-hmm. seeing it with our own eyes when, you know, we had the technology of our cameras to record, but, mm-hmm. um, but there's so much that happens that we don't see and it's continuously happening. Um, and there, I mean, it, it is noteworthy that this instance when it was black officers that they were charged and arrested. Yeah. Um, quite quickly. Whereas typically um, when we've seen white officers um, committing these, these same like cruel acts and crimes, Maybe they're suspended with pay pending mm-hmm. invest. You know, th- it's it's not e- even that treatment isn't the same. Um, and I guess four of the five officers had records um, with the with the law enforcement agency they worked for, including like making forceful arrests without documentation, driving recklessly. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's. Yeah, I mean, it's a failure all around, um, to put it lightly, but the failure goes deeper than these officers or this unit, um, mm-hmm. and they are, in terms of what's next, I'm hoping that actual something will actually get passed. Um, there's the, 
is the bill called? It's it was started. The, the bill was written after um, George Floyd was killed, um, and that's sort of being revisited. And apparently, President Biden is going to meet with members of the Congressional Black Caucus um, tomorrow on Thursday to have a um, real conversation about police reform. So. I hope we'll <laughs> I hope something happens there. Uh, yeah. really, really do. I really, really feel like at some point we've got like the police reform. There has to be like a f- something on the federal level. Um, mm-hmm. So yeah, I hope I hope that that happens. <laughs> yeah, I guess Kamala Harris. Um co-wrote that bill when she was senator and it's just kind of been sitting languishing um yeah and it addresses excessive force racial discrimination and i i guess the the piece that people can agree on um is whether or not to change the um like the qualified immunity Mm. to make it easier to bring civil lawsuits against cops for wrongdoing I mean, look, with the con- with Congress split right now, I would say <laughs> if they can get anything through, they should. Um, you know, whatever you can get through, get through and we can build on it later. I mean, I I'm sure any law that's a, a Joe Biden law on this is not going to go as far as anyone wants. Um <laughs> not going to be a full-throated no, I don't think so, especially when the Senate is also like we still are so beholden to a lot of moderates in the Senate on you know the Democrats barely hold it. And uh moderate Republicans in um the House of Representatives uh a lot of them are one, you know, in New York. New York was really the state that kind of flipped for Republicans. And it was a lot of law and order stuff, a lot of that language. So I don't see them really leaning into police reform. So it it doesn't uh, not to be a huge pessimistic B, but I mm-hmm. kind of like like whatever they can get done if they can get something done. I mean, hopefully, it's it's a shame that after George Floyd, it didn't really feel like there was a lot that mm-hmm. happened meaningfully. This got written. This bill got this written. This got written. So we could maybe pass it now. Uh, mm-hmm. So. Oh man. Obviously just so much so much work to do. Uh yeah. it's one of the many issues, deep, deep seated issues our country has that seems to rear its ugly head in incredibly um like heartbreaking and even though it's not surprising because we know what's been happening, it's still shocking, it's jarring, it's so many people's lives ruined or cut short um for no reason i mean i guess mm-hmm. racism um but that's you know not i wouldn't really call that a reason uh, yeah right to do it so it's i mean yeah when are we gonna solve this when are we gonna figure out gun reform it's it's just what the fuck are we doing if not preventing police officers from murdering civilians and we know that to serve and protect is not actually an obligation but Mm -hmm. 
it's yeah it's so deeply deeply depressing agreed I'm sure we'll I'm sure we'll discuss this more as we always do it, it comes back and back and back but uh mm-hmm. yeah felt like it had to be you know touched upon um yeah ah uh, PFAS <laughs> or forever chemicals <laughs> this one mm. like I just think it's funny. I mean, it's not funny at all. It's it's just like one of those things that keeps coming up. I'll see it in the news. I'll have mm-hmm. like a wave, a little ripple of anxiety will go through me as I think about like what pants do I have? What clothing? You know, whenever I've sacrificed like cheap or, you know, qu- quality for, you know, quantity or whatever um, from clothes to pa- like cook- cookware and all that. Um, it's It's in everything. Uh, it's apparently like in in fish in high quantities. Anyway, mm-hmm. it seems like there's been a lot of um, articles about this recently. Uh, and so you and I have been interested in like, God, at some point we've got to talk about this. Um, and I will say I found it um, extremely overwhelming. <laughs> Me too. I was thinking I would do a little research, then be like, okay, all right. Um I know what to do now. No, I just sort of feel worse um, uh-huh. about it. Yeah, it's these. So these chemicals are they're synthetic, hundred percent synthetic. Which apparently, when they were created in like the forties or fifties, they thought this is great because they won't interact with biology. Which is like that. Mm. <laughs> Something being synthetic doesn't mean it's not going to interact with biology. But I guess nineteen fifty was like almost a hundred years ago. <laughs> 70 years ago I don't know many years ago quite a while Uh, 70 yeah and they use they use them in everything not literally everything but like so many things food packaging clothes furnishings like nonstick pans dental floss stain removers um and the reason that they're so prevalent is because they do have um certain properties that make them really appealing for certain products um they're really resistant to heat so that's why those you know non-stick pots and pans um they can make things stain resistant water resistant so they have like properties that are compelling and appealing for certain types of products um and there's not even a, a full consensus as what qualifies as a pfa mm-hmm. um there are different kind of interpretations of it um but basically you know they're created they were created because they're so they're such tough chemicals um but if they're resistant to heat and stains and water um they're resistant to all kinds of things (laughs) Mm. hence the like forever chemicals um title that that they've uh that they've been given and it's they're in our blood Mm -hmm. um now which is like and it creeps me out and like freaks me out with my daughter who's so little like Mm -hmm. i don't want to like she used like plastic bottles when she was younger and i'm like oh god like what did i do um Mm -hmm. but it's also like the things that don't have pfas in them are so much more expensive yeah than the ones that do so it's another example of like your health mattering or being it's harder to be healthy if you have less money Mm-hmm. Um, cause the thing is if, you know, if you have like a shit ton of money, it doesn't really, you can, you can get around this. 
Yeah. You know, um, because it isn't all kinds of things, but like you can find all of these like items you can find without PFAs. It's just, they typically have like a pretty, they cost a pretty penny. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah. They enter our bodies through food, through water, through products, through packaging, through air, through dust. Like they get, it gets into the groundwater and it's, um, it's a hot mess. And we don't know like everything about the health impacts, but we do cause they're still studying it. Um, but we do know that they've been linked to a lot of different types of cancers, um, higher cholesterol, um, and interestingly impaired immune function and vaccine response. Um, yeah, I find that very interesting, especially mm-hmm. in this whole like, well, the vaccine didn't work for me, you know, vaccine skepticism. Mm-hmm. This feels relevant. Yeah, it literally impacts vaccine efficacy. Um and some of the PFAs, I guess, can leave your body over time through your, your pee. Um, but if you have kidney issues, for example, you're at higher risk um, because your kidneys, you know, obviously filter stuff to, to make the, the pee. And apparently this, I was actually like, good. Um, some PFAs leave the body through menstruation. Oh, good. Like, well, there you go. <laughs> Heavy period there. might be good for one thing. <laughs> you know, one thing and one thing only. <laughs> getting the PFAs out. Um, but yeah, they've been found in bottled water. They're just, they're fucking everywhere. And I just don't know what to even do about it, honestly. I, like, I can't yeah. afford to have them not around at all. Yeah. Um, like literally would not be able to buy these things instead of the things that I buy. So that sucks. And then it's like, I don't know how to prioritize and which items are more or less dangerous, how to even test and certain, like how to even figure it out. Like you were talking about one of your pans that you got rid of. Yep. Yeah. I mean, I, and this was just after reading like a couple of weeks ago, there was some article about PFAS and I was just like, you know what? I have a nonstick pan that I've loved for a long time, but it has so many scrapes in it and scratches. Mm-hmm. It's probably, and it's, I've, we've put it in the dishwasher, which we probably shouldn't, or I don't know. I mean, and I, again, I'm trying to be better about like what goes where and, and why to really like, not, you know, try not to scrape these pans and treat them well as a, you know, almost 33 year old, like I should be able to treat the things that I have like slightly better mm-hmm. or with better care. But, um, so I, I did, I threw, I threw it away and actually it's been so frustrating because every time I'm looking, I've looked for that pan and been like, oh no, I threw, I threw it away um, because I got worried about, you know, what kind of chemicals are getting released through like the cuts in the, you know, in this nonstick pan. Um, mm-hmm. I don't know, you know, from a consumer protection side, like how exactly to know what is safe or where mm-hmm. like the lists are. Um there's like, uh, there was a site that is called Food Insight and they have some information and lists mm-hmm. of foods and lists of, you know, lists that I guess I could um, kind of check in on. But, uh, and the EPA doesn't, isn't super helpful. They have a lot of like what, they have a list of what they've learned and what they mm-hmm. don't fully understand yet. Yeah. And like, under, let me just read you what the EPA says they don't fully understand. Oh, it's literally, they're working on it, girl. Oh, I, oh man. Give us, figure it out, EPA. What did they say? They said they're working hard to answer critical questions, but here's what they don't fully understand. <laughs> 
how to better and more efficiently detect and measure PFAS in our air, water, soil, fish, and wildlife. How many people are exposed to PFAS? How harmful PFAS are to people and the environment? How to remove PFAS from drinking water? And how to manage and dispose of PFAS? I feel like that's kind of all of it. So they don't really know shit about it. Um, And it's particularly frustrating because people have known about the harmful effects of PFAS for quite a while, and it's been reported on, and researchers, scientists, lawyers, and, you know, there there's actually a movie called Dark Waters, which came out in 2018 with Mark Ruffalo starring in it, which was the true story of a lawyer for 20 years who was trying to get accountability um, in uh, Ohio with a company called DuPont, um, and they were dumping illegally uh, a bunch of chemicals into the water, which in West Virginia, which was causing um, like people, cows and people and all animals nearby basically to to die. Um, they would the cows um, had like bloated organs, blackened teeth and tumors. And then and it was so it was first happening to the cows and then it was happening more to the people. But they were dying of cancer. Um and all you know other different ailments but like everyone in that area was basically afflicted um and dupont knew about it uh and it just because it was about to it was going to affect the bottom line they did everything they could basically to just keep fighting it and gaslighting this lawyer who finally was vindicated and i think he also wrote a book um about it i think it's called Ex- Exposed, um, yeah, exposure, poisoned water, corporate greed, and one lawyer's 20-year battle against DuPont. But there are a lot of other big companies who there's basically just like no real oversight from the EPA. Like 3M, the manufacturer of scotch tape, is also is one of them. Um, but like lots of big companies um just are benefiting from the fact that the EPA doesn't have a whole lot of um power mm-hmm. um and enfor- like real enforcement um over these uh, private industry corporations they're allowed to just like let their greed dictate and everything else and like you said i mean there's a lot of reporting on a lot of illegal dumping that happened in michigan so now there are children who have serious serious health issues because they we're drinking just drinking water out of their sink and it's unsafe and it's not Flint, Michigan. It's like other places. Um, uh, John Oliver did a whole piece on it at the end of 2021 too on um, PFAS. And I mean, it's, it's a great like 20 minute segment, um, which I watched and was like, kind of like, damn, I wish I had more time to kind of take notes on all this. But um, as usual, it's like, very well researched and depressing, but uh, worth checking out just on kind of how, uh, I don't know, the corporate malfeasance of it all. It's so disgusting to me. Yeah. And like the FDA hasn't put any enforceable limits in place yet as well. And um, it's, they found it when they tested like baby and children's clothes, they found it in more than half, including brands that market themselves as like non-toxic, environmentally friendly um and that's i'm just like like trying to find um because i was looking into this stuff i was trying to find like okay is there anything definitively that i could put on my daughter and no i'm not because the thing like kids are more susceptible to so many different types of things including theoretically um 
these chemicals. That's Mm -hmm. because there are health outcomes that they associate with kids like asthma and increased allergies and a bunch of other shit. In in addition to the cancers and the immune response and the things they found in adults, it's like everything that can happen to adults with it that theoretically can happen to kids plus more stuff. Um, And I couldn't find like a list like anywhere um i'm gonna look into it more but i couldn't easily find like okay well what clothing is safe and the thing is kids fucking grow so quickly Mm -hmm. like i almost all of my daughter's clothes i buy secondhand um she doesn't give a shit and they're cute sometimes new with tags but like so much cheaper because otherwise you're spending so much money um Mm -hmm. all the time um and some of the brands I would get secondhand, like Burt's Bees, I had assumptions. Mm-hmm. Felt like, oh, this is a nice one. This yeah. Is good. Organic lux. Yeah. Um, but like on the list of, of you know, kids clothing where they found PFAs, Burt's Bees was on there too. It's like, I don't even Ugh. know how to um, find for sure, like safe clothes for her and what that's gonna call you know it's like I'll prioritize that over like my own stuff but mm-hmm. it's just really fucked up especially labeling it like green and non-toxic and then having mm-hmm. it full of PFAs and taking advantage of what you're speaking about where it's like well we don't have technically if we don't have rules in place then mm-hmm. you're not breaking any um and of course they're they come up more often in like stain resistant and water resistant clothes just because of the purpose of the PFAs or the PFAs, but um, they're also in other things like Carter's, like all the, all the things. So it's scary. And like, who knows what like childhood diseases that we've seen upticks in, like might be linked to this, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, it's just, it's really scary to, um, to feel like you can't, Fully, like protect yourself and your family because of either because of lack of information available because of lack of money to buy the the product that you presume or know to be safe you know mm-hmm. lack of transparency it's it really uh really fucking sucks and it's scary and i don't like it and you know yeah I think it'll be a while before we have like any real like tangible tangible tan- and like makeup I think, yeah. you know, that shit Ugh. absorbs right into your skin. Um, right. So I don't, the only thing I saw that I was like, I guess that's good is that they say that exposure from shower water is probably not very harmful. Mm. So wow. cool. Okay. <laughs> That's great. Really... That's great. Uh, I'll take so, I'll take a win, I guess. So, um. That and menstruation. All right. Oh my god! Uh, and I, I also, I just was as you were talking. I pulled up the there is uh, on ewg.org. There's an interactive map where you can look at the contaminations, and it's, it was last updated in June of 2022. Um, it's I don't know. There's a lot of spots. There's a lot of spots. <laughs> uh, there's like military sites, drinking water, other known sites. Uh, I don't know. Massachusetts is fucking covered in spots. Uh. So, and New York, <laughs> um, lots of places, uh, what state is that? North Carolina, Michigan, 
Colorado, California. Yeah. I mean, look, not good. Not good. It's so scary. And I guess they're really rampant in, um, like, firefighting foam. Yes. So, yeah. Which is also, let's expose <laughs> these people to more things. Um, I'm pretty sure not to, like, mention again our the <laughs> – the wonderful Mark Ruffalo, but he has a, a new documentary. He's great. Love a Ruffalo moment. We love a Ruffalo. Ruffy. Uh, he has a documentary, I think coming out this coming year, um, which is specifically about the PIFAs in um, firefighting foam and all the firefighting gear, basically. And I think the subtitle or the log line is like protecting the protectors or something like try to, you know, because how horrendous if people who are doing the tough work of, you know, literally fighting fires and saving lives are like coating themselves in materials that are toxic and harmful in the long term. I mean, come on. This is, I think like, what was the recent news? Like when you Google like news PFAS, it's like CDC says PFAS are more harmful than it originally thought. <laughs> it's kind of Thanks, like, CDC. All righty then. What do I do, though? <laughs> I know. I'm frustrated that, like, yeah. in our in our research, and it, it just does not feel like – and, yes, our research, like, we have full-time. We're doing other things. You have a child or busy mm-hmm. busies. But, like, in us kind of trying to look for what we can do, I, I have certainly not found any great answers, and I feel like – uh, when it feels this overwhelming, and I think the statistic is 99.7% of all humans on earth have like these PFAS or forever chemicals like in them. Um, uh, you know, I don't really know what to do or where to put that exactly. It kind of goes in the same space as worrying about like a nuclear bomb. It's just like, mm-hmm. I don't know. I mean, it's going to happen or it isn't. And you just can be as vigilant as you can, but you don't want to drive yourself crazy, not live your life. Right. I know, and it's like, and he, yeah, and and also like the different definitions of what P- PFAs or PFAs are, you know, it's like if yeah. are these items that I think are bad not that bad, are they worse than I, th- you know, like what? I don't, I mean, yeah. I don't, I don't blame like the EPA or the FDA or the CDC much for it because it's like I would rather, I'm, sh- you need to have like accurate data and know what you're dealing with before you can say that you do and it takes time to like figure that out Mm -hmm. um I just wish people were a little smarter in the 40s and 50s and thought like you know hey maybe if something's synthetic it can still interact with like a biological process it doesn't mean that like they don't but you know it's a it's a process over time and like you you get these cool new inventions then you learn like oh (laughs) it was great in this way um, I still copy on myself. It falls right off, but also now I have like cancer and my immune system's fucked and this and that, you know. Mm-hmm. So I, I like honestly, it's like the only way to be safe from it. I feel like is to live in a remote place not, where the groundwater's not contaminated, right? right. Um, and. Uh, any creatures that you have aren't contaminated and you're in some sort of area that is safe from it. And like, you're not wearing clothes. You're not, you're, you're just cooking with the fire, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and that's not feasible for most of us. No, it's not. So, oh man. I don't know. Yeah. Again, right. I was hoping I would research it and be like, <laughs> okay, well that it 
it's not as bad as I thought, but it's like, no, it's worse. And fuck. It's pretty God, bad. What else? You know? Yeah. Yeah. We just, I think we need stronger <sighs> consumer protection laws and agencies, mm-hmm. people actually looking out. Um, you know, I know it's very, people are not, not big, big on government, but, and government does fuck a lot of things up, but regulations to keep people safe and to, 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 um, stem the tide of like monstrous corporate greed that just over and over again, like harms people. Isn't that the fucking point if we're going to create these like fake borders and these fake little countries, like these little (laughs) governments, these cute little governments, can't we at least like have them do something that keeps us safe from those things you know yeah 10 out of 10 would would vote for would recommend (laughs) hashtag not a libertarian (laughs) (laughs) yeah seriously all right well great cool glad we uh you know again problem solved we've got it we nailed it we fixed it (laughs) fixed it how about never chemicals? Am I right? Ooh, oh, in my blood. Ugh. I know. Ugh. And now for we see you. <laughs> Alrighty, Roo. Uh, moving over to Florida. I feel like a frequent theme area i know i would love Um, to you know if we could afford like to pay an intern i would want someone to go through and just like collect data on all the we see use and tell us the mm -hmm. top people and the top like region or state it would probably be florida florida's got or texas five one of if not both are in the top five (laughs) absolutely um yeah sorry interns can't afford you unless you're free in which case oh god i feel bad I know. Um, mm. I mean, unpaid interns, that's a whole other can of beans where it's like you have to be quite privileged to be able to do that. Anyway. Yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> Florida. So Victoria Treese um, is a mother. Uh, she has two kids, I believe 7-Eleven. Um, she's very active in volunteering with like school activities, like seems like a great mom. Um, when she went to her kids' elementary school to help with, like, a pumpkin carving event in October, the principal wanted to have, like, a little conversation with her, and she was like, all right, sure. Um, apparently, the the school said that the, the Florida School District's board um, ruled that she could no longer engage with children on school grounds because she was on OnlyFans. Um, oh my god i saw this i'm so glad you're talking about this yeah which like what in the fuck i mean one she's she's single parent her the income and flexibility from OnlyFans is what lets her volunteer send her provide for her children um and what about being on OnlyFans? it's it would be one thing if she was like you know what i think i should do for the school talent show you know right Right. Take my pussy out. Like, but no, she's (laughs) not doing that on school ground. She's only doing school things. And where is the line? Why is this the line? Um, Misogyny, probably. Because there are plenty of jobs that schools or other parents or people might not approve of. You know, like, some people might be like, fuck the police. Right. Are they going to ban all cop parents from being on campus probably mm-hmm. not um some people are you know against the pharmaceutical companies if you work for one should you not be allowed on school it's just like the slope is slippery yeah. and it is so 
it feels illegal. Um, mm-hmm. I'm not a liar, but it's it's so fucked up that this woman is just like making her money, doing her thing. Mm-hmm. I'm sure she wasn't advertising at school her OnlyFans right. account. So who found right. it? Right. Like, I want to know about that fucking chain of events, too. Yeah. Yeah. Are they allowed on school property? Right. I have questions. How many of the daddies and mommies and whoever's are using OnlyFans in other capacities? Are they all banned? Like, what the fuck? This, like, puritanical, weird fear of, like, anything vaguely sexual is too much. Can we move past it? And, like, banning a mother from her children's school... Where she was, like, one of the more active volunteers because Mm -hmm. she chooses to have an OnlyFans and in that post, like, nude and partially nude photos. Like, who who cares? Like, that doesn't have anything to do. Mm -hmm. Like, Karens can judge her all they want, but, like, banning her? The school board voted? Yeah. What the fuck? Like what, what so was that weird. session? Who what yeah. what like were they pulling it up? Like it's it's all so gross and like demeaning to her, disrespectful to her. Yeah. Um and like yeah, just another example of like hypocrisy, hating women, all the terrible things. Um so we see you to Orlando's Orange County Public Schools and the school board who decided, you know what? fuck up we're shitty people and we're just gonna we're gonna do this um so unfair that's we see you uh all right so this one is nyu langone i heard their tuition went up heavy oh and it isn't even about that but that's so interesting that it did um basically there was a huge expose a few weeks ago in the new york times um, about how uh, the NYU Langone Center um, prioritizes trustees and favors the rich. Um, mm. And like lots of doctors said that the nonprofit hospital pressured them to give preferential treatment to donors, trustees, and their family. Um, and so it's people apparently like doctors are become very quickly become aware um, of who is to be prioritized they literally say like donor please prioritize like on a sticky note or in their patient's notes um there's a couple of like vip rooms like there's one called room 20 uh which the uh, new york times says that it's usually reserved for two types of patients those whose lives are on the line and those who are vips um and so yeah um I don't know. You could probably fill in the rest, basically. Um, but yeah, uh, a lot of medical, a lot of workers to- talked to the New York Times on the record about um, the different private spaces that are reserved for wealthy people who come into NYU Langone, um, the whole thing about Room 20, mm-hmm. um, and just like this totally different privileged treatment, um, which is kind of interesting. It's sort of like, we saw it on succession, like in the mm-hmm. first season when, um, what's his name? Logan Roy had like, or, uh, whoever the old powerful man who was, had a serious health issue in the first season. And, um, he went to some hospital at, um, like in Manhattan. And I remember like part of the joke was that the, his kids were like, well, is that like, is this like the good hospital or are these like the good doctors? Whereas like, are we like, you know, kind of being like mm-hmm. how, how 
like wanting to be treated totally different and have like a VIP area. And then they did end up being in an area where I thought like, what the fuck is this area? Like what part of the hospital is this? Um, and I'm sure that, you know, you and the, um, medical world, uh, have probably seen or at least, or know of these types of incidents, but I just thought particularly for NYU, it's like a relatively, it's a really bad look. Um, there's, uh, screenshots that the New York times has of different directives, um, of people's me- patient medical charts, which include things that say something like, quote, major trustee, please prioritize. Um, and this type of behavior to and pressure to prioritize certain patients over others obviously has downstream effects for the people who aren't prioritized, mm-hmm. but also lots of pressure on the doctors who are forced to make these choices and like, you know, this is not do no harm. <laughs> this is like no. inflict harm on some and the like nurses with the patient ratios that are fucked. Yes, which is a whole other fucking thing. Wait, weren't we gonna? T- I feel like we were gonna. People probably die because of this fucking thing. Yeah, yeah. Uh, God, that was on our list at some point. I don't know our yeah. our our ever growing list of things to talk about. But yeah, <laughs> uh, in New York, there's been major nursing strikes, which you can speak mm-hmm. to far better than I can. But good for them. Yeah, including Mount Sinai, where Beyonce gave birth. And when I was in my clinical rotations at nursing school, there was all this like hush hush about like, oh, she's in like the special, the special area, the special unit. And like at NYU Langone, all the place, like every fucking major hospital, like there's this understanding that you're supposed to treat certain people better and they get pushed back for it. And then now when it's like staffing is like, the worst it's been in a lot of ways in a very long time. Um, I imagine that issue is exacerbated. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, no good. No good. No good. So um, we see you. <laughs> we see you. Yeah. It's really, it's so, ugh, so fucked up and evil. Um, I'm probably not going to go away anytime soon. Yeah. But hope it does. Yeah. (laughs) But as long as fucking healthcare is a for profit industry. Yep. We're going to be prioritizing the wealthy over others. Anywho, moving on to (laughs) Zachary Levi, um, who I guess he's in the Shazam or was in Shazam. Um, I think they might have replaced him with Chris Pratt uh, to be determined. But I knew him from that show Chuck that was on when we were in like high school. I enjoyed that show. Uh huh. Apparently he's shitty. Bummer. Um, yeah, bummer rummers. I thought he was like a cool guy, but I was also 17 and posting pictures saying I'm taking people's V-cards. So what did I know? <laughs> um, but he, so what he did, um, he tweeted like a response to someone's message. Do you agree or not that Pfizer is a real danger to the world? He said, hardcore agree. That in of itself, people took it to be anti-vax. And I'm like, it very well could have been, but it also could have been like a pharma advertising is harmful for-profit healthcare is harm you know i was like mm-hmm. we don't know from this he's an anti-vaxxer i'm trying to like when i read about something be like let me take a step back yep consider all angles mm-hmm. um because my gut was like anti-vaxxer but like you know what this could be like but of course internet right. people did what internet people do they they dove back into his like his twitter and his his dealings and he's fucked up in so many ways. Like he was on Joe Rogan's podcast 
praising mm. Jordan, which that in of itself. Right. Always, always a great fare, sign. Fare thee well. Um, <laughs> praising like Jordan Peterson after he was suspended from Twitter for anti-trans comments about Elliot Page. I'm sure they're back on Twitter now. Mm-hmm. Um, gave an interview to CBN, which is Christian Broadcasting News, which isn't like just a nice little Christian thing. It's founded by uh, Pat Robertson, who's like a very very inarguable like definitely homophobic misogynistic like i don't need to back like right. very much so right um follows several sketchy conservatives on twitter and um remember how i said he talked he interviewed the christian broadcasting news interviewed mm-hmm. on there mm-hmm. he's a christian which that in of itself sure live your life but right. he changed his name to sound more jewish so that was going to help him the industry and then he complained he was rejected from roles for being too jewish oh what a layered problem that is <laughs> yeah so i was like art you are across the board fucked up sir um and he also tweeted that like men should be able to lead conversations about sexism and white people should be able to lead conversations about race and saying otherwise is both sexist and racist and it's like I mean, I think white people can lead conversations about race in a group of other white people, right. you know, but like, uh, I, uh, I don't know. Um, so like all of this shit and then some came out. It was like, y- you picked, you picked one out and the whole fucking house of cards fell over. Yeah. Um, so I went into looking at this tweet being like, let me see. Right. Let me do my due diligence. Um. <laughs> No, it seems like a shitty shit bag in several different ways, um, wow. really across the board. So we see you to Zachary Levi. Mm-hmm. I crushed on you in high school, but you know what? No more. No more. No we more. See you. <laughs> um, this next one is kind of crazy. Uh, I... I bookmarked it a while back like it was in December as a we see you and I just kind of kept moving it kind of down the line but it mm-hmm. there was this NPR investigative report basically about um a television news producer named Kristen Henschel um who said that she was an ABC news uh reporter but really she was working kind of undercover as a and getting paid by lobbyists like so there was a political consulting firm paid her at least $7,000 um, basically to uh, go and report on on certain things. And it's like a specific effort to investigate and undermine. Um, and in this case, it was uh, trying to undermine someone who was trying to resolve environmental issues in Florida. Um, so... Uh, it's kind of gross. Like she put put forward a video saying she was part of ABC News. Um, and she was, I think part of it comes from the vagaries of like, you know, how, who is considered like a freelance producer for ABC News and kind of like what that entails. But after this was reported, um, ABC News did uh, fire her or like sever ties with her. Um, but I really felt like this was pretty insidious just thinking that there are a lot of people, you know, if, if, if this is not just a one-off, which I suspect it isn't because it was an investigative report by NPR specifically on this woman. But really if you're able to moonlight as a corporate operative, 
um, what kind of news are you actually providing for people? Um, so she was using her credentials to gain access to politicians. And then she was just like taking that opportunity to perform political hit jobs. Um, and it's just really, uh, really scary, pretty insidious, um, and further undermines people's uh, faith in the media, which is already a huge problem. Um, there's super waning trust on both sides, I think, with, with media. And uh, just a reminder to be super careful when consuming something, even like a video where uh, she puts out saying that she's, she puts out a video saying she's an ABC News reporter. Um, there's an implication that ABC News paid her and or like endorses what she was doing. And instead, no, she was a freelance hire. She never worked for ABC on political stories. Um, and like at that time, didn't work for ABC News on anything. So uh, just pretty um, fruit oop. So to um, Kristen Henschel, um, we see you. We see you. Very fucked. Um, So this, the initial story of this came out last year, but there are updates to it. So at a gun expo in Las Vegas last January 2022, um, the founder of WEE1 Tactical, Eric Schmid, um, (laughs) demonstrated the, apparently their company's first thing, the first thing they decided to make um, an AR-15 for ch- for kids. Oh my! Called God. the JR-15, like the Junior no. 15. Um, designed to look just like an AR-15, but 20% smaller. He said, "Quote: It fits the kids really well. That'll give them the confidence to hold this thing the way they should have confidence holding it. No drop down in the front. It fits them. Fits them real well. Um, so it's in the update to it is it was like being announced last year. It's now in production." and a limited first run of a thousand rifles are going to be sent uh, in this, uh, I guess February is now it's very first uh, this month to distributors. Um, the company's advertising strategy, their slogan is get them one just like yours. And it's got skulls with binkies in their mouths um, with pigtails for the girl and a mohawk for the boy. Uh Oh, um, and he, and Schmid says that that, logo and the marketing keeps the wow factor with the kids um i guess ed markey and diane feinstein wrote a letter to the federal trade commission after uvalde like asking the regulator to investigate the marketing because they were saying this is for kids um but the thing is like they're not disagreeing it's for kids they're saying it's a youth training rifle um so the fact when we're seeing (sighs) You know, we've, I'm not used to the lack of meaningful gun reform. It's always, it's constantly jarring when presented with the constant, like, just murders and mass shootings and violence um, attributed to accessibility to guns. Um, You don't really get used to it in a way where you're like, oh, I'm comfortable with it, but you're expecting it. But the fact that... Now, when some people, reasonable people, are like, we should, probably shouldn't have AR-15s, mm-hmm. what purpose is this serving? And this guy's like, what if we made one for kids that had skulls on them with pacifiers in their mouth and pigtails? 
that's a good idea. Like, what in the ever fucking fuck? Um, like, I think they have the argument that it's like to teach kids gun safety, and like the the, the children's version has an extra lock parents can do that young kids shouldn't be able to undo, but older <sighs> kids could undo. Um, if you're if you're if you're really into like gun stuff and hunting and whatever, you don't hunt with an AR-15. Um, mm. I imagine there are other ways to teach kids gun safety other than like getting them yeah. this JR fifteen. I don't know. Seems like a fucking insane, insane um thing to be doing. Yeah. Uh, what is this company again? What's it called? W E E one Tactical. Ew. Okay. Yeah, Eric Schmid is the uh, founder, um, and it seems like they this is their first item, and this is like, oh, really coming out hot, huh? Yeah, coming out, coming hot. in, hot. coming in, coming out, <laughs> coming in, um, coming out. Yeah, because in you know in this landscape with all these school shootings and shootings everywhere, what this we is need, what they want to open with. This is what we need. <laughs> um, so yeah really like disgusting and depressing and you know yeah we see you what the fuck like can we can we stop all the automatic ones and not start making them like kid flavored like what the ever loving fuck are we doing what like i keep trying to find like (sighs) indications that things will be better yeah yeah (laughs) You know, and I feel like I just need to put my blinders on because, mm. yeah. Nope, we see you to that. That's uh, really awful. Um, my last one is the Florida High School Athletic Association Sports Medical Advisory Committee. Um, so saw this news that Florida, this committee is um, wanting to require that high school athletes submit information about their periods before they can play a sport. Hooey! Um, So they're recommending that there's a digital national sports registration form that makes it mandatory for students to answer detailed private questions about their menstrual health, including when they got their first period and how much time typically passes between their periods. Obviously, this is something that a lot of parents and medical professionals say is totally fucked up. Um, it's re- it's culling reproductive health data from adolescents that is private and absolutely doesn't need to be collected for any reason by the school. Um, we know why this is happening. It's a troll for um, trying to further tighten their grip on students when it comes to abortion access and transgender rights. Um, And uh, it absolutely opens the door for this health information to be used against uh, students. Um, So, yeah. Um, I don't really know what to say about this because it kind of is one of those things that makes me so mad. It's hard to um, think clearly. It reminds me of one of my favorite foreign films um, called four we four months, three weeks, two days, which is takes place in the eighties uh, or nineties in the um, in Romania under um, basically a dictator. I think his name was Cesaru. So, 
I'm going to butcher it, but um, like a, a dictator in Romania um, in the 80s and 90s and a very dark time for the country where women did have to and students definitely um, had to submit information about their periods. And there was it was very strict. Absolutely no no abortions allowed. Um but yeah, I mean, access to women's menstrual cycles is, um, or people who menstruate, just absolutely unacceptable. Um, there's no reason for it, especially in public schools, but really private schools are fucking anywhere. Like, get the fuck out of here. Um, <laughs> and I've moved from actually making any sense to just ranting. But um, yeah, that makes me super upset. So once again, um, we circle back. We begin and end with Florida today on the We See You list. So what a what a feat! Uh, we see you to Florida's medical committee, athletic former Florida athletic, whatever their names are. <laughs> just Florida at this just point. Florida, Florida, Stop. we see you. Just yeah. Jesus Christ, man. Um, one good thing I saw is there's this uh, lethal virus called the Marburg virus, and there's um, some really really promising. Um, human trials going on for a vaccine Mm -hmm. so that's really exciting because this was this has been known as like a a fatal virus and in the early um human trials uh people are are tolerating the shot well and they are showing robust antibody responses um and if and when it's approved it'll be the only effective treatment for it basically It, it comes from the the marburg um it's a virus that comes from the same family as like Ebola. Uh, so like, she's not a, you know, she's not a fun one. Yeah. Um, and the death rate is up to 90%. Ooh. Um, wow. And Yikes. it made the, the virus made the jump from human to humans from bats. Um, oh, so, great. Yeah. 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 Um, Mm, love, spooky. love, yeah, spooky, but, but already a vaccine that seems to be working. Hope the PFAS don't get in the way. Stay away, PFAS. Stay away. Ah, <laughs> uh, well, awesome. That'll probably wrap it up for us. Feminist yeah. Without Mystique is part of the Frolic Podcast Network. Find more podcasts you'll love at frolic.media/podcasts. Bye. Bye.